as of February 9th, 2020, it's been my favorite thing of being a podcaster. It was designed as an archive of the people who I have loved, honored, and respected from months to years. It's been something that's allowed me to grow, show myself at my best. With that said, welcome to Roaming Around Black Lion's Domain. I hope you like who's about to come on. I know I do. All right. Welcome to Roaming Around. You got the gist of what Roaming Around is. Thank you for being with me, looking through my eyesight. I am Zachary Shiloh. I am the proud host of this lovely segment, and we are on the road to February 9th, 2021, where I shall be introducing you all to Roaming Around Season 2. I'm still happy and grateful for my guest, who is a dear friend of mine. He was one of the people that supported me to going into the podcasting industry overall. We bonded over uh, pro wrestling. I got to work with him, I would say, maybe once or twice. One of them was involving a dear mutual friend who uh, has gone missing, and I miss her to death, and she was absolutely fine, and I hope all is well. All right, so we are on a time limit, and I don't want to hold him hostage because he has uh, other things to do. So welcome to Roaming Around uh, Black Lions Domain, Michael Larkin. How are you doing, pal? I am doing very well. Thank you for that amazing intro, Zach. It's a pleasure and privilege to be on your show. I look forward to shooting the breeze with you. Thank you again for coming on. And like I said, you were one of my biggest supporters to me getting into this thing. When uh, I needed to hear the words that other people were saying, you were one of the very first few to really like take me aside and say, okay, you know your shit in wrestling. You know other things. You got this. Why not go for it? And of course. I, yeah. And that's the thing, man, when it comes to podcasting. I mean, if people are sure about what they are and they actually have a platform, they have a voice, if you know what you know, whether it be professional wrestling, pop culture, whatever endeavor that you want to pursue, just go out and do it. Right on. All right, Mike. So uh, why don't you hit the people with your background? My name is Michael Larkin. I am from East Islip, New York, Long Island, New York. I got into podcasting in 2015 with my best friend, Steve Nicoforo. Uh, we started the SM Show Podcast Network, the Steve and Mike Show, which has hit over 70 episodes. And I we expanded with a variety. Steve is big into hockey, so we did a couple hockey shows and that I produced where he's had guests on from authors like Gil Martin and hockey fans as well. 
Um, we also look at it from a stance of pop culture, which I do a lot of work with former professional wrestling Brittany Savage and solo shows on my end. Looking at albums, the overall world of pop culture, I have my show On the Mic with Mike, where I look interview a lot of people from wrestling, music, and the adult entertainment industry, and really provide a platform for people to tell their story. And I also work with LFC Lingerie Finding Championship. I'm the official host of their podcast, which you'll be found on their website, LingerieFC.com. It's called Beauty, Strength, and Dominance. Where that comes from is beauty. Beauty, strength, and dominance, the three key elements that make work women the work of art that they are. And it's not just an overall name of a podcast. It's my overall mindset. So I put a lot of my heart and soul into that. And I'm also a part of the Max Wrestling Podcast with Dazzy Dangerously, Travis the Walker Anderson, and Moses Marquez. So I'm pretty much a wide array, and I'm on a variety of podcasts, and I love what I do. Oh, oh man. The last time I actually heard somebody try to spew off every single podcast that they on. Uh, it was me trying to enlist it for a dear friend and mentor by the name of Matt. The, I used to call him the man of many podcasts, and you may be like second place with uh, so many podcasts. I try to do this. I try to uh, do uh, answer the flow with my spiritual mother, Linda, and uh, let's see, what else? A regular BLA, so almost like they're all within the same frame, but I would say, like, trying to split them, oh, man, it's very tough work. Well, it's all about really just spreading it out. Sometimes I'll do maybe a couple podcasts a week. The Max Wrestling one is every Thursday, so we do that every Thursday. And I work around that, and same with LFC. You know, it goes out each and every week on all audio platforms. So I really like to space it out with what I do with also juggling my shoot job. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's the grind. It's the overall passion that really goes into it. And I think it really shows with people like yourself, people like myself, and really anybody that gets into the podcasting field. Right on, man. I hear you. And before we actually touch on the actual podcasting realm, uh-huh. you and I, we bonded over pro wrestling. So uh, how did you get into it? It's very interesting because I got into it late. I got after right into, after the Attitude Era. I first started watching wrestling in 2002. My father really didn't want me watching it uh, back in the day. <laughs> so we so I had we had a family friend that got me interested into it. I was always interested into in it, but I never really watched it. I first started watching in 2002. My earliest memory was seeing The Undertaker and Jeff Hardy for the Undisputed Championship in that infamous ladder match. And I was actually at the Raw where Eric Bischoff became the general manager. Uh, and then, you know, my first ever pay-per-view I watched was Vengeance 2002 with The Rock, Kurt Angle, and Undertaker for the Undisputed title and the pay-per-view debut of one John Cena against Chris Jericho. And my first ever live pay-per-view I went to was at the Nassau Coliseum, SummerSlam 02, Shawn Michaels and Triple H unsanctioned, Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. with The Rock for the Undisputed title. And then later on in 2002, I remember going to Survivor Series to see the first ever Elimination Chamber, Shawn Michaels winning the title, Brock and Big Show. So 2002 was my first entry into the professional wrestling world, and it was an amazing time to go to the events, watch professional wrestling, and just, you know, really show what the start of the ruthless aggression era would be. Oh, man. When you said all those actual moments, that takes me back to when I was 15. Oh, my God. (laughs) I feel older now than I am. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. What a good year for uh, storytelling in WWE. I'll give WWE credit that exact year. That was very, very good. And the things that Brock Lesnar was pulling off, 
made me go from, okay, get rid of the juice head, to, ooh, okay, he's pretty damn good. So, uh, WWE, props to them. And here we are nearly 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, how did you get into uh, non-WWE wrestling? Non-WWE wrestling, my goodness. Okay, so around 2004, uh, my dad actually said to me, because he was reading, I believe, on, I think it was PW Insider, one of the wrestling news sites, uh, that Jeff Hardy was going to be appearing on a TNA show. So I first started watching TNA at the time. That was their second anniversary show, AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy for the X Division Championship. And I started Ooh. watching... Yep, and I started watching TNA in 04, you know, Victory Road, Impact, where in New York it would air at like 4 p.m. on a Fox, uh, excuse me, Fox Sports Net, and then 5 p.m. And I remember even watching online for a little bit when they got off the Fox Sports Net network. And I really just was a fan of Impact from around 2004, 2005, where 2005 comes in. I started getting into Ring of Honor because there was a, okay, so my mom worked at the Westbury Music Fair on Long Island, and it was a choice. Do I want to go see Engelbert Humperdinck, or do I want to go see Ring of Honor with my father? I think I know which one <laughs> I'm going to pick. Well, no, because, yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny because my grandmother and my aunt were going to the show, and, the, and she's like, well, you can go with them and, or my cousin, or well, I can go with my dad to see Ring of Honor. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see Ring of Honor. So it was at the Sports Plus on uh, Lake Grove, Long Island, New York. Downstairs is the old arcade and the old game room, and then upstairs is the auditorium. So, yeah, my first ever memory was going to the September edition of, uh, I think it was September 11th, actually, 2005, seeing Ring of Honor. That was the night that Brian Danielson defeated James Gibson, a.k.a. Jamie Noble, for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, uh, Homicide and Cole Cabana, Jay Lethal and Loki. It was an amazing night. So that's how I really got started into watching, like, TNA and Ring of Honor. And then later on, you know, in life, watching New Japan and just checking out everything from the independent scene. Growing up in New York, you had the New York Wrestling Connection. So it was an amazing time for independent wrestling as well as non-WWE wrestling. So, yeah, well, my first out of WWE stuff came in 2004 and 2005, respectively, with TNA and Ring of Honor. Oh, man, that takes me back to those years. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, at that point in time, when you actually went to see uh, Danielson become the Ring of Honor World's Champion, I believe at that point I was... Fresh out of high school, I, at that point, let's see, with Ring of Honor and what would go on to become Impact Wrestling, uh-huh. I had been a fan, respectively, like, maybe two years apiece at that point. I remember more so reading about uh, TNA every single week, and I thought, I really would like to watch it. I did not watch their live show until uh, AJ Styles fought Kazarian and uh, Michael Shane for the X Division Championship in uh, Ultimate X. So I came along live uh, by way of pay-per-view for Impact, I would say maybe two months after you. But I was somehow, some way, was able to convince my father to let me watch it. And I never watched wrestling pay-per-views ever again because the look on his face was absolutely priceless and i remember it just like it was yesterday he's like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> oh i also you wanna at- watch this <laughs> you want to watch this right now i said yes i do <laughs> yes i do and i'll never bother you again and i kept my word and i if i watch pro wrestling 
it was either by way of DVDs or downloads or God bless uh, the women that I was romantically involved with. They let, their parents let me watch. So that's how I watched Impact. Uh, Impact, like, uh, before the pay-per-view, I would say they really had me starting to watch weekly with the actual Impact series. I, I believe I came around, like, Maybe the, I think the very first episode of Impact, the very first one that goes back to uh, Fox Sports, yep. and AJ Styles won the main event in a shocking return to the X, X Division. I remember just my jaw dropping on the floor that AJ returned after doing the Triple Crown win. I said, "What? You're going back to your roots after being Impact?" Uh, NWA champion, the tag team champion, and bragging that you've done every single thing that you practically could in the X division, what you got left. And then, lo and behold, for the next uh, two to three years, he was the man in the X division uh, until uh, Samoa Joe showed up. But that we'll discuss that for another time in another rhyme. Well, I also but, look at it from a stance just to add on to what you're saying. I mean, I look at it like I first started with Impact, like like we told you, the Wednesday pay-per-views. I mean, this was the original $9.95 before WWE had the network with $9.99, like paying 10 bucks each and every Wednesday for that. It was, a, it was a good time, and like you mentioned so eloquently there, man, like you're talking about Impact with AJ Styles, Frank Azari, and Michael Shane, really what defined the X Division. And you look at people like Ring of Honor, like you mentioned Brian Danielson around this time period, again, as a... I'll be honest with you. At the time, because you were talking about your age, I was thirteen. You know, I was a I was a uh, seventh in seventh grade in middle school. You know what I'm saying? I first started watching wrestling when I was in fifth grade, and my love since 2002 has really flourished. Uh, you know where we are in 2020 now, but it's amazing to go back and look at those memories just to see the progression, evolution that we've seen in professional wrestling and just overall. You know, got that right. Oh man, so out of pro wrestling eventually you did become a podcaster so uh really how did that also come together to make you become a podcaster so i mean around this time i was with my friend steve who would become my co-host uh 2014 new year's eve we talked about it i got a for my birthday i got a podcasting kit because i was telling my dad i really want to do this and then the summer we really took off but it was just also, I remember at the time of 2014, I was like, with wrestling podcasts, like, you know, the main one that was really talked about was the CM Punk Cole Cabana one, where CM Punk did the tell-all talking about why he left WWE and said what he said about various WWE superstars. And I was just kind of like, eh, you know what I'm saying? But I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's do this. And then Steve was really influential in wanting to do it. So I'm like, all right, let's give it a shot. And then here we are, you know, five years later. So it's one of those things where, you know, I was a little bit apprehensive about it, but he really was an influential part on why I did it. And then we both, you know, fed off each other because at the end of the day, we're best friends outside of podcasts. And he's someone who I consider like a brother. So he was very influential on me, you know, wanting to do podcasting and me exploring onto other ventures and really just both of us showing what we can do as a team and as a unit and as what we could do from a single standpoint, a solo standpoint. So that's really where the whole emphasis came from a New Year's Eve discussion in 2014. Oh, man. And I remember. Uh... Hearing you guys on uh, Max Wrestling and just being in awe, you guys know your stuff. You are so passionate about not only WWE, but general pro wrestling. And I felt like 
that kind of helped me when it came time to become a podcaster on my end. So in a sense, uh, I kind of thank you for actually uh, having that going. And speaking of uh, having that going, uh, what keeps you going in pro wrestling and podcasting currently? Well, first and foremost, you're very welcome on that. I got to say that you're welcome, man. I love what I do, and I'm glad to see someone being influenced and bringing people to joy with what I do. So I wanted to say you're very welcome on that. But as far as keeping me going, man, I look at it like this. From a standpoint, professional wrestling continues to evolve. There's so many companies out there now, from WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Um, And I've always said this to people because I watch it, and a lot of people don't really give it a chance. Watch NXT UK on the WWE Network. They've added IC. W. There's so many promotions really on the international front in the UK scene, much like we discussed with Japan. But what really keeps me going is just the storylines. There's a lot of great stories in wrestling. I really just enjoy the overall action and seeing a lot of people come up that I've seen being trained on Long Island, that I've seen all over the place on the independent circuit, get to see them finally get their break. And for me, again, it's just to reiterate the storytelling aspect, how you tell the story, how you get to where you get to with said matchup. And really, it just keeps me going just because I like talking about it. And what's interesting about it, too, is you have to also understand, Zach, for people that are not fans of professional wrestling and they want to give it a shot, you have people listening to people like myself and other podcasters. And it's like, you know what? Let me try this. And, you know, if they're influenced by your words, like if, you know, if, if so-and-so likes it, now, you know, maybe it may be good. But if so-and-so doesn't, you know what? I'm going to stay away and just keep up with what they're saying. So it really adds a lot to podcasting with what you do and the overall words and verbiage that you put out to the people and how you convey your message. And if they want to be influenced to watch a said product or not. So it goes together with a podcasting standpoint and just overall the love and joy of what you do and what you cover and um, just the overall privilege of being able to interview guests talk about certain topics and just you know shoot from the hip and really come from the heart I hear you and that's one thing that people were always uh, saying to me when this whole entire saga with oh why doesn't Zachary Shiloh have his own podcast begin Uh, they knew that I was passionate. They, I believe they wanted to hear my voice at some point. They liked the fact that I actually was involved in actual chats. But somebody was posting up an episode of their show. I got to believe it was maybe one of the heads from the Visionaries Network mm-hmm. who will be on uh, next week uh, for Roaming Around. One of them definitely was posting a show. And I got involved. And then somebody noticed me. They said, oh, Zach's here. Oh, why don't he got a podcast? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. And then it became like wildfire. Everybody from the north and the south came asking. And I'm saying to myself, oh, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? (laughs) And then... Uh, I said, I really don't know. I don't know if people really would want to listen to me and whatnot. And plus, unbeknownst to the world, I was kind of going through my own health problems. But then uh, people like you, the visionaries heads, uh, the people at Brain Buster Radio, uh, all right, we can say this person's name, Uh, Courtney Summers, uh, uh, SOS Russell Talk. So many of you guys in the wrestling community, you kept on saying, you got it, you got it. And then the biggest mouth of all came around. And then he said the words that I've repeated on this show multiple times. 
if my five-year-old son can actually do this, so can you. And then I actually literally had to get off of uh, the computer and my phone to kind of go cry for a few minutes and then actually get myself together. And then I didn't even take a full week. Within less than a week, I made it known on uh, Badlands that I was doing this. And since then, I've been doing it. And I've somehow, some way, have made it almost half the amount of time that you've been doing uh, your own podcasting thing. As a matter of fact. Well, dude, I look at it from a stance just, and I, I love that. I love the progression. I love your passion. I love the evolution of what you're doing. I also look at it from a stance, too. Like, people do say, like you, so also once more to reiterate, eloquently put it, like, it's just like, you know, well, everybody from their sister and everybody's got a podcast, but I'm like, there's certain podcasts where it's just like that you feel attached to, and there's a lot of great podcasts and people that do it. The one thing I've never understood is there is there's actually podcast drama out there, which I think is ridiculous because we have to rival each other, but I'm like, at the end of the day, we're all about the same thing and providing great great content and offering a platform but i also look at it from a stance like you talking about you know you know i cried for a little bit but i mean it happens man because you have that breakthrough you have that moment where it's like you know what i'm gonna do this and i'm glad to see that you're doing it and here you are and here you stand and you and i are talking today so it's one of those things where if people believe in you and people are like you know what go out there and do it Take that advice. All you got to do is just start, get the right equipment. You hell, even use your phone because there's so much technology on your phone. It's right at your fingertips. All you got to do is just go out there, provide the platform, let your voice be heard, and things will come of it. Oh, yes, it did. And after Black Lions Airspace was born, it was almost like everybody and their mama wanted me on their show to talk New Japan's uh, G1 that was forthcoming. And uh, one of the shows that I appeared on was for uh, Courtney Summers. Yes. And, I re- and I remember that a uh, certain somebody was the producer of yes. uh, Talking. Strong style with the switch, babe. Yes, sir. Yep. And I think we bonded even more in the preview show of that. And it was an absolutely fun time. And if I had to recommend, like, uh, top moments of me being on somebody's podcast i will always say this about court that she was the very first female podcaster to ever got me on a show and it didn't matter if it was pro wrestling or not Mm. court uh, gave me that platform and i missed her to death and i hope all is well me too i really hope all is well with her too but again that night was so fun Uh, just the behind the scenes uh, crack ups. Yep. And then uh, getting on to the G1, and it was right. I went to bed that night feeling one of the best nights of my life had happened. And to you in court, if she's listening to this, God bless y'all. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome, man. That's that's the beauty of it. And like I said, it all goes back to providing a platform and just working and getting to know a lot of great people. That's the beauty of doing podcasting, meeting and working with a lot of great people. So it's it's a pleasure. All right. So before we hit the uh, final two pieces, because I know you got a time limit to do. Uh, yeah, you're uh, fine. All right. So uh, <clears throat> you are the man of multiple podcast that is not named Matt Willis from the UK. All right, so lo and behold, you sent me a whole lot of stuff over the years to check out. And one of them that happened to be a cult classic for me 
is a little pop culture show that uh, you host with a uh, former blonde, if I understand correctly, who's a true brunette by the name of uh, Brittany Savage. Yes. Oh, man. So uh, how did you meet uh, Brittany? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so 2016. I had reached out to her to do an interview because I was a fan of Brittany Savage, you know, the WSU days with Miss April, a.k.a. AJ Lee. Um, uh-huh. Yes, um, the um, performance that she had on SmackDown, I remember watching that as a senior in high school where she wrestled Beth Phoenix. And just keeping up with her on the MYWC scene, the New York Wrestling Connection, and I had interviewed a lot of people from the MYWC, and just keeping up with her on the uh, Northeast Circuit for Independent Wrestling. So I reached out to her. We had a fun interview. It was one of my longest interviews. We almost went about two hours. And a lot of that conversation was pop culture oriented because we're both we both live on Long Island and we both went to a lot of shows at Jones Beach. So there was a lot of pop culture talk on there. So I'm like, you know what, let me ask her. And, you know, you never you never know until you ask. And what's the worst that they can say? No. Right. So I figured I'd say, hey, I have this pop culture show and I'd love you to be a co-host of me. And she was down and we've had a couple of independent wrestlers on there from the Greek God, Papa Don, Randy Summers. Uh, we worked with Noah Bastian and Alex Solowitz, who were on together back in the day on MTV in 2000. They were the mock boy band. Uh, Kevin Farley was also in that group. Chris Farley's brother, God rest his soul. So we've had oh. a lot of so we've had a lot of great guests on there and we've talked everything pop culture wise and over time for three years, I mean, we've been very close friends and she's someone who I truly appreciate. I think has a wonderful work regimen, overall work acumen, very driven, very passionate. That's one of the best decisions I made was not only becoming her friend, but her being my co-host. And I got to tell you something, man, she is truly worth it. Uh, she's a mother. She's a great mother. And she's just someone who's really a really special person who I really deserve, believe deserves a lot of happiness. And then, you know, just here we are today. I'm very grateful. I hear you. My story with Brittany Savage goes back to 2009. I was in the Brooklyn Job Corps at that point in time. I got to believe I was uh, about a month or two away from graduation. A dear friend of mine uh, by the name of uh, Raul Barquette, who goes by the name of uh, Raz was attending Hofstra University at the time. He pinged me on uh, Facebook in private one day, asking me to come out and see him. He was doing this event with uh, the likes of uh, Balls Mahoney, um, Lynn Oddity, and some of these other cats that were from the uh, Grim Reefer promotion uh, called uh, FTW. <laughs> and I And I heard about it. I said, Okay, I need a day off from school. Why not? And Rezo's always been one of my friends, so why not go and see him? So I put in for the next day to be off because I knew that by the time I was going to get away from Hofstra University, I was going to be tired. I did not want to go in the next day feeling zoinked. No way. So I made it to Hofstra, and lo and behold, it was a cool place to be. And I believe that uh, Rezo's show was ran under the uh, ECWA promotion, I think it was. Yeah, East Coast Wrestling Association, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the one that was uh, sponsoring the show. And um, lo and behold, I got to believe in the first two matches, one of the first two matches, came out this girl named uh, Brooke Carter. Uh-huh. And she was fighting this uh, 
what I feel now is a transsexual wrestler by the name of Rick Cataldo. And lo and behold, the uh, girl, she was very, very tough. And it felt like I was watching uh, China in a younger, uh, more clean form. And I said to myself, she's pretty damn good. And lo and behold, uh, I would go on to become a fan of uh, Britney over the next some odd years. And, and if she's listening to this, and I believe she, would, she will, uh, I've always said this in uh, private to you and some other people, but I believe it even more so now than ever after seeing uh, your work on uh, the promo series together, that yes. Britney Savage, and people can quote me on this, is the uncrowned WSU World's Heavyweight Champion. It's a crime. And I don't care if DJ Hyde is listening to this or not. This is a crime, or whoever was running WSU at the time. It was a crime that she was never the, the world's heavyweight champion. She did everything in that company except for win that belt. And when she finally was given that rub, they didn't pull the trigger. And this is one of those things of uh, that pissed me off with the general wrestling industry. And I felt that for years. That's not right. Here's one of your workhorses, and I get it. Not everybody needs to be the world's champion, but she was gold. Like, literally. Every promo that she did, her matches were pretty much in the top three. If not number one, you better believe it was top three. Uh -huh. How you let somebody not be the world champion like that, mm -mm, that wasn't flying with me. Yeah, man, it's one of those things where she was the spirit champ, the tag champ. There's always one of those things where I, I actually can agree wholeheartedly with you that she, you know, it was a crime that she didn't win the championship. But like you said, great promo, great ring in ring work. She really has that total package, and that's again one of the things why I think you can agree with me. Like it's one of the reasons why I love working with her because I believe in her, and like you so eloquently put it, like the bout that we just did a promo series with Max Wrestling, like. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I know a lot of people enjoyed it, man. Like, she was very funny. We incorporated the pop culture elements, and we got very serious with each other. But it's one of those things where, at the end of the day, we had fun, and it was really, truly, and I'm going to say this right now to you, Zach, as someone who was a senior at East Islip High School watching her wrestle Beth Phoenix, to think that, you know, eight years later, I'd be working with her on podcasting, to think that in 2020, we'd be having a fun promo exhibition with my boys on Max Wrestling. I would have told you you were nuts. So that's probably one of my favorite bouts doing promos and one of my favorite promos because it's with a very good friend of mine i think we both gelled and we had that chemistry and i also look at it from a stance of not just from here each and every person that she wrestled with with mercedes martinez sassy stephanie uh my goodness like you mentioned rick cataldo everybody that she's got into the ring which she's had chemistry and told a great story with her in ring work oh my god and that match that i saw her live still sticks out to me to this day it awes me how good she was yeah, and it's it's the thing, man. Like a lot of people don't even realize. I think she's probably one of the most underrated workers out there. Oh my god! And when she did retire, it was like for me finding out that Minoru Suzuki was never the GHC heavyweight champ. I mean, not not GHC, IWGP heavyweight champion. It was like Fergal Devitt. Oh, excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> let me shift that. Finn Balor. Finn Balor was never the IWGP champion. Like, how you let that style of talent 
not hold the belt. I get it. You got your golden boys. You got the ones that, quote unquote, draw the money. But these are the hearts and the souls of your company, in my point of view. The most over acts should get the rub for the belt. And I didn't care if it was even for like maybe a show or two. As long as she had her due to me, I would have been coping. But then the, she met, announced that she was retiring. I said, WSU, you got some stuff to clear. You really <laughs> got to get yourself together when it comes to uh, world champions going into the future. And lo and behold, I'm in still uh, that uh, the future world champions that came after uh, Brittany Savage left. Like some of them, in my point of view, should have never held the belt. And if they held the belt, it was way too long. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would love to have Brittany on my show because it's not just uh, feeling like I'm coming full circle in a sense, but as a means of uh, showing her respect. Of course, man. And I look forward to hearing when that does happen. I think what's great about Brittany is, besides the fact, like myself, we can both talk. I mean, I'm sure you've listened to our pop culture shows. I mean, we can both talk. We're both very passionate people. And she's always a great interview. So, I mean, I look forward to listening into when that occurs for you, Zach. Thanks. And it was absolutely fun listening to you guys. Uh, I think the very first show that I ever listened to you guys actually talk uh, about pop, uh, pop culture was uh, your Backstreet Boys one. I was literally on the floor almost <laughs> laughing so much that I pissed myself. I said, oh, my God, this is great. Oh. How can I keep on listening to this? And then you gave me the links every single week, and I did my best in lesson, and it was just like gold after gold after gold after gold. And I said, I got to eventually talk to Brittany Savage. She's too good. She's too good. I mean, it's what we like, man. I'll be honest with you. As a young man growing up, like the 90s, man, was the Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees and NSYNC. And I mean, as a guy, and I'll say this right now, a lot of people would make fun of you for liking the boy bands. They would question your sexuality, which is, I'm going to say it right now and excuse my language. It's dumb as fuck because at the end <laughs> It's music at the end of the day is music. You know what I'm saying? It's an art form. But, you know, if if you're a guy and you like boy bands and apparently you're gay, which is not fucking true because straight heterosexual male over here just enjoys music for music. And Backstreet Boys had a lot of great songs. And so and Britney is a fan of the Backstreet Boys as well. So we encompassed a lot talking about, uh, you know, the Backstreet Boys career, their albums and whatnot. I think there was also one episode and we've touched upon this on the last one where I gave her a Backstreet Boys quiz. And as we all know now, Britney Savage is not the best as far as being a test taker so she was a little nervous but it was fun it made for a great show and it really got encompassed our love for the boy band era and the overall backstreet boys that was really encompassed in that show dude you're gonna actually have a smile on your face as you get ready to end roaming around with me right now uh believe it or not and this is for other people out there i actually was a fan of the band boys to some degree or another i actually didn't mind them so uh I 100% heterosexual male here actually mm -hmm. confessing that he actually liked the uh, NSYNC uh, Backstreet Boys and some other of these boy bands. So, Michael Larkin, feel, don't feel bad now even more. <laughs> feel happy that somebody actually has your back. So, I know how it feels. 
Oh, well, thank you. And I look at it from a stance, too. It's just, it's one of those things, man, where you can dance, you can have fun, you can have a ballad. Each and every song really encompassed and told the story within their verbiage. So, I mean, that that's really the whole point of it. I mean, NSYNC had some bops there with, a, you know, Bye Bye Bye, It's Gonna Be Me. Oh, my goodness, Tearing Up My Heart, I Want You Back, We'll Be Here All Day. Like, those first few albums of NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys were amazing, from the first one to Millennium to Black and Blue, and to where they're still kicking butt and doing their thing now, and Justin Timberlake going on to a solo career. Career, 98 degrees doing their thing now it's it's great man it's just great to see the evolution of what they're doing i mean 98 degrees has two christmas albums and sync had a christmas album everybody had their christmas albums but it was really encompassed <laughs> around that time period yeah man it, it's just it's a good time i have a smile on my face just talking about it right now i hear you and that's why i had to get you on here for a little bit because i knew that you liked the band uh, the boy bands a little bit and i thought uh, from what you were telling me or what you were really laying out with uh, BSAB, uh, I thought, okay, let's take some pressure off this dude because he actually felt kind of pressured. So uh, let him know that he's not alone in that realm. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, I look. I'm sorry, just to cut you off, but God dang, man, it's one of those things where you just have to appreciate music for the art form, and I say that to all people. If anybody says anything and you mock you for the boy bands, just admit it. I'll be honest with you. As a young man, you want that level of acceptance, but as you grow older and as you grow wiser, and you just realize, you know what, this is me, and just love yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's a beautiful thing. At the end of the day. Right on. So. In private, I will be uh, pinging you later about uh, certain people that you mentioned because I've been thinking about one particular person, maybe, who I would love to have on here. And her name is not Brittany Savage. Okay. You mentioned her in a promo that you did. And I said, oh, I know her very, very well by way of uh, live experience. But I would love to talk to her someday. I got a connection now. So let's make it happen, Captain. So okay. which uh, which me. are you referring to? Michael, Michael, Michael. Let's have uh, some secrecy for the folks. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. Fine. Well, well, we'll do the Madonna. My baby's got a secret. Absolutely. Yep. That got that right. And when that person comes along then i'll actually hint at it this is what michael larkin and i were talking about when he was on roaming around so all right surprise <laughs> okay pal uh, as we wrap this bad boy up well what can i do for you going forward Really, all you can do for me, man, is just keep on keeping on doing what you're doing and just keep believing in yourself and keep on putting forefront in the podcasting realm. And, of course, you and I can work together. You can come on Max and do some fun trivia predictions or promo challenges. You can just keep working with me and talk some professional wrestling. I love who I work with. And the best thing about what I do is I believe in a lot of people. I believe in Brittany Savage. I believe in Steve Nicoforo. I believe in uh, Max Wrestling. I believe in each and everybody that I work with. And that's what I love doing from the interview standpoint and everything that's encompassed with podcasts. Podcasting. So for me, what you could do for me is just keep putting out great episodes, keep putting out great content, and let's just work together in the future because that's what it's about. Oh, and I would love to because, like I said, one of those nights that will forever stand with me was when uh, you, me, and the squirt actually did uh, talking with the Switch, babe, and every single moment going in and coming out was just wonderful. Oh, please. Uh, 
it's wonderful talking to you, man. And like I said, please just keep doing what you're doing. You're always welcome on me. And I say that to everybody, you know, anybody that wants to get into podcasting, just enjoying the field and wanting to apply their craft, just go out and do it. If anybody tells you no, just, you know, give them the old F you and just say yes. You know what I'm saying? Don't even don't even hesitate. Just go out and do your thing. Everybody has a voice to be heard. And I'm going to tell you some people are going to listen to your voice and people are going to evoke emotions and resonate and generate with you. All right. So before I let you go and you plug your final stuff, uh, what are your hopes for the future? Well, I'm actually thinking about possibly getting into announcing. Announcing is definitely something that I've been wanting to do for a while and really just keep staying on my grind, being the great son, being a great friend, being a great whatever you can in this thing that we call life and just really just staying on my path. You know what I'm saying? Staying on my grind, uh, working, shoot jobs, um, just doing what I do because the grind never stops. And you like to quote Ice Cube and a crazy bone from their hit single until we rich. Get your mind right. Get your grind right. We got to keep going. So that's what you got to do. Thank you. Thank you for that applause. It's one of my favorite songs. Oh, man. Anybody that actually can talk to me about Ice Cube can actually come back on my show anytime. That's, <laughs> that's some brownie points right there. But anyways, no, those are great hopes for the future. Oh, man. Again, thanks for coming on, Michael. Where can people find you, sir? It's a pleasure and a privilege, Zach, and it's an honor to be on your show. You guys can check me out, and there's a lot of Twitters here. So it's at SMShow1 for my main show account. MCL92, that's my personal account. I'll be honest with you. I've said this on many shows. If you want to feel free to interact with me, go ahead. You can send me a tweet or whatever. Just don't be a dick, or I will gladly block your ass. Uh, you can check me out at pop underscore culture underscore pod for the pop culture show with myself and Brittany Savage. You can check out stephenmikeshow.com, soundcloud.com slash mcflarkin92 for all your podcasting needs. You can check me out on wrestlingwithwrestling.com. You can check me out on the Wrestling Wrestling YouTube with myself and Andre Corbeil. Andre Corbeil, who has worked with Vince Russo, and he has worked and been mentored by the legendary Bill Apter. Him and I do a show, and a lot of my content is on the Wrestling With Wrestling format and platform. Max Wrestling Podcast each and every Thursday with myself, Dazzy Dangerously, Travis the Walker Anderson, and Moses Marquez. There's fun promo competitions, there's predictions challenges, there's knowledge titles and trivia challenges. Get yourself on over to Max Wrestling. Get yourself on over to LFC, LaundryFC.com. That's beauty, strength, and dominance, the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. I host the official podcast. There is a Twitter for that, LFC underscore pod. And Zach, I'm sure I'm going to send you all of these so you can put in the description. But what's great about LFC is... You know, it's beautiful women kicking ass and taking names, but not just beautiful women, athletes, the regimen, the hard work that goes into it. And it's available on all platforms from SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, and whenever you get your podcasting platform. So there's a lot that goes into what I do. I enjoy what I do, and I'm very grateful for who I've worked with. So, yeah, that's that's everything. Oh, man. Before we go, if people want to stay for an extra second to hear Zachary Shiloh Milt, uh, please do so. All right. So. He sent me this link of the uh, LFC girls, and oh my God, some of them are just <laughs> sweethearts. And if any of them were in the New York State area, especially uh, Staten Island, I would probably try to go out with them if I could, seriously. Especially uh, this sweetheart by the name of Stephanie, who's a very nice-looking lady. <laughs> you know, little Zach will probably say. A very pretty lady. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, as we wrap this bad boy up, 
Again, thank you to Mike Larkin. We shall be talking in private. Please, ladies and gentlemen, follow this guy. He's absolutely great to be around. And if you don't listen to this podcast, please, if anything, I could recommend listen to the pop culture one. And I'm not saying that just because he's got Britney Savage on. No, they are absolutely funny together. They are great. And it just shows. All right. With that said, we shall hit the outro. Thanks for listening. See you on the next Roaming Around. Thank you to my guests for roaming around with me in Black Lion's domain. I truly appreciate it. The time was well worth spent. Please follow said person or persons on their social media accounts or email them please email me at zachi130 at gmail.com you can find me on social media as zachary shiloh and black lion 130 respectively on facebook Instagram, and Twitter. Also, listen to this show by multiple means of places like Speaker, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Pods. I'm sure there's others. I do have a YouTube page. Please subscribe. I am under Zachary Shiloh. Please take care of yourselves and each other. I love you all. Bye.